0: Welcome to the Nino's Corner Podcast. This is beautiful. What is that, velvet? Hosted by Nick, Nino's Corner Battle. Damn right. What's up, peeps? Nick Battle, a.k.a. Nino's Corner, man. How's everybody doing today, man? But first off, first off, first off. you like what you listen to, go like and subscribe. Give me some five-star comments, some five-star reviews for the podcast everywhere, man. Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google Play, Stitcher, the whole nine. Just give me a review, guys. Keeps the content coming. But let's go on another note. Let's start this off today, guys, with over the past week, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have canceled their football seasons for the fall, leaving only the Big 12, the SEC, and the ACC to play college football this year. The schedules have already been, you know, sent out to all the uh, the ticket holders and the fans and everybody. And it looks like the Big Twelve is going to have a ten game season. Um, you know, where they do the round robin and actually play each other. Um, and I think they're going to have one, maybe two potential um, games. You know, to, you know, like to make it a uh, a full up season. However, we shall see. But it's going to at least be ten games in this season. The round robin. For the Big 12 that has 10 teams. Weird. All right. SEC has already said that they're going to have their season. We've been knowing this for a while now, guys. Next thing, guys, is ACC is playing. So we have three teams, three conferences that are going to uh, have their seasons this year. What does this mean for college football? Do we think that the Big 10... Uh, Might have, you know, kind of stepped out there a little bit too soon, canceling their season and thinking that everybody else was going to follow them. I think that's what happened, guys. I don't think the Big Ten really wanted to cancel, you know, football. I think the Big Ten uh, thought that they're going to be the the actual Trailblazers, uh, canceled the season and the other conferences were going to follow them. And it just didn't happen that way. So, in saying that, man, what do we think about this? Do we agree that we should have a football season this year? Um, do we need a football season this year? Um, do you guys want a football season? Okay, the honest answer, everybody wants to see football. I want to see football this year. However, is it the safest thing to do for these kids, for these student athletes? Um, I don't think it is. You know, we've seen pictures over the over the past week where they had kids that were at North Carolina, no mask on, parting their butts off, probably spreading coronavirus like crazy. Um, Tuscaloosa, they had Uh, uh, An event downtown Everybody was just around each other Shoulder to shoulder, no mask on You know, guys, this is nothing to play with Guys, we got 170,000 deaths And no matter what you think about the coronavirus If you think it's a hoax, if you think it's Whatever, the 170,000 deaths The families of those people don't think This is a hoax However, we got to figure out a way We got to figure out if it is necessary To have sports this year I don't think it is I don't think it is. If we have two of the Power Five conferences not going to participate in college football this year, sure, I, I would love to watch football, but what's the point? I mean, whoever wins the championship this year, it's going to be an asterisk by it. So, no matter what, if Alabama wins, or Clemson wins, or 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 Texas wins, or or Oklahoma wins, or you know, Florida State wins, whoever, if they went, if if LSU, the defending champions, wins, whoever wins this championship this year, it's going to be an asterisk beside this because. We all know that two of the two of the power five conferences, which has Ohio State, who's continuously always in it for the championship. And they're probably well, they are returning a top five quarterback this year, a top five draft pick in this upcoming draft. I mean, he could have easily been the Heisman trophy winner last year if Joe Burrow didn't have the season that he had down at um at LSU. Uh, so you got Ohio State's not playing. Michigan's up and down, but they're not playing. Michigan State's a good team; they're not playing. Okay, Wisconsin's always good; they're not playing. USC started getting the roll last year; they're not playing. Oregon. I mean, you got all these teams that are not going to play. Other teams that showed really well last year: Arizona State showed really well. Herm Edwards is doing his thing down there. So we got two of the top five uh, power five conferences not playing. What does this mean for college football since the SEC, ACC and Big 12 are playing? Is this a point now where the three conferences can start or or the conferences can start to try to make super conferences, which is what we always knew was what was going to happen and what these teams are thinking about doing or making super conferences to where, you have your southeastern teams and your southern teams. And, you know, in general, your Floridas, your Alabamas, your Georgias, your Texas, those states, uh, your Louisiana, those southern states band up and have a power conference, and then let's so see, you have a midwestern conference, and you have a western conference. You know, so you have these 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 conglomerative teams that forms a power conference. Is this a time where I think we're going to see this? Is this a time where this could actually happen, where the power conference structures could actually come in place? Is this a time where the power set B at these three conferences, which which hold a lot of power, can have the opportunity to say, hey. Let's go and do our own thing. When these when these uh, contracts are up with, you know, with uh, with the conferences, let's do our own thing. We're bigger as 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 brands. Um, you know, Texas is, is its own brand, no matter what they've done in the football field in the past decade, which is, you know, I'm a Texas grad. It hasn't been much you know, since 2010. Uh, it's still the richest college football program in college football every year and they're not even winning. They're not winning consistently. So just think when Texas starts to win consistently, what that value that brand's going to be. Alabama's its own brand. They can go independent. They don't need the SEC. They don't, you know? Uh, you know, so you know, Iowa State's their own independent brand. OU, Oklahoma is their own independent brand. You know, they don't need a conference, much like Notre Dame. Notre Dame doesn't need a conference, even though they they are independent and they fall in certain categories. I think the ACC when they when they play, they're they're independent, but the other sports fall under the ACC. But Notre Dame doesn't need a brand. Could you imagine a season of where you have Alabama as an independent and they play around Robin of the always Auburn. You know, you got to play Auburn, right? And then they play Oklahoma. And then they play an independent Ohio State. Then they play a Notre Dame. Then they play an independent Texas. Then they play an independent Uh, OU, right? Then they play an independent USC. And then they play an independent LSU. And then they play an independent Florida State. I mean, could you imagine those matchups? Could you imagine going to either uh, uh, Alabama stadium or Texas stadium and seeing a hundred thousand fans to go watch Alabama and Texas every year. Wow. Talk about recruiting. I mean, it would open the landscape for recruiting. You know, it's already wide open when Texas A&M went to the SEC, it opened up the floodgates for the SEC to come to Texas and, and basically post whatever, you know, kind of recruits that they wanted. However, Cause you'll imagine it wouldn't really totally transform the landscape of recruiting. It, it absolutely would. Because now there you wouldn't be bound to only play uh, teams of your region, teams of your state, you're, you know, you're playing everywhere. So it doesn't matter. You might only have, you know um, you know, you're going to have your, your six games a year at, at home. But if you're a kid that is, is, is from Texas and you go play at Alabama, you know, you, you know, I'm going to come home and, you know, at least twice in my career and play in Texas. You know, and probably more. You know, not only Texas, but I go to OU and play. You know, at least twice in my career. So, you know, your parents can get that opportunity to come see you play, and vice versa. You know, if you are um, an Alabama kid and you want to come to Texas or let's say OU or USC to play, and you play in independent Alabama and in Auburn every two years, you know, at least four times in your career, you're going to see your parents. And then there's other teams that are going to be close around to Alabama. So if you play a Georgia, it's not a far drive for your parents. to you go, you're going to play them twice, you know, in four years. So, man, this could really, if the powers that be do this correctly and right, this could really change the landscape of power football. I mean, of of the power five in in college football. Now, my true thoughts on this, I already said, guys, the season doesn't need to happen because what's going to happen when that first kid pops up for coronavirus, and they do all the testing, do everything, and they find out that this kid has COVID and he's been exposed to his whole team? Do you quarantine the whole team now for two weeks? He's on a practice field, and he's been practicing with your team uh, the whole nine. Now I do get it; uh, these these kids are going to have the best medical staffs here, so that everybody will be able to get tested, but. We've all seen test results don't come back that soon, guys. And maybe it's different for college football teams. Maybe it's different for athletes. Maybe they take the test and get the results immediately. But let's say, for instance, if if a kid pops positive for COVID on a Friday night in the game Saturday, everybody got to get tested. Tests don't come back until, I don't know, let's say the next day. If the game's at 11 o'clock and the test do not come back to 4, what do you do? You know, those are things that you got to think about. What happens when that first kid dies and the field from coronavirus? And I'm not laughing because it's funny. I've been laughing because it's a possibility, you know, that that could possibly happen. You know, is that when college football is going to say we don't need to have college football, you know, when when a kid dies? Now, what this has done, though, uh, for kids who know that they're going to the league, what it's done is given these guys a fresh Set a fresh body for the upcoming season So what they're saying they're just opting out of the season They're blaming it on the coronavirus And they're able to go train and, and go to the pros You know, like immediately Just think, uh, I think Kerry Vincent Jr. Um, you know, for LSU I think he is the cornerback for LSU He is not playing this year He's opted out It's a bunch of players opted out, guys um, You know, but just think of these Big Ten guys Who are going to go to the league um, Like Justin Fields He's going to have a fresh body going to the league Two years of wear and tear only as a quarterback Um, and really only one year of extensive play, you know, because, let's see, a red shirt, uh, one year at Ohio State. This would have been his third year and then he goes to the league. So really one year of play, guys. One year of real play since college, I mean, since high school football and he's going to the league. So think about that for a minute. It's going to benefit some guys who are going to the league. Uh, but it's also going to hurt some guys. Think if Joe Burrow didn't have college football this year. Think of this year was was last year and COVID broke out last year. Joe Burrow would not be the number one pick in the draft. He would he would be lucky to get drafted. You know, think about a guy like Devin Duvernay that played for Texas Longhorns. He would not be drafted in the third round. It'd be something like the seventh round or maybe even the undirected free agent, you know, guys, some guys are just late bloomers and they make their mark once they make them, but when they do make their mark, have their opportunity, they shine. And that's what those two guys did. And they wouldn't have the opportunity if COVID would have happened. So I think a lot of players are opting to play in for the conferences that do have an opportunity to play because these kids just want to play ball, man. And if, if you let a kid make a decision, he's going to make a decision that's going to benefit him. Now, We're going to talk about on the flip end of this, guys, after this commercial break about what this means. Um, um, Some of the chatter that we've been hearing and how this affects everything socially. So uh, let's go to a small commercial break and we're out. What's up, guys? And we're back, man. So. This this part of the of the podcast is, is like going to hit hard, right, because. You know, I've I've seen a lot of stuff on on the on the forums and boards. You know, I'm a member of like the Rivals football board, and I love to go to the main board to see information about what people are thinking about teams, what people are thinking about their their players and their teams, the recruiting, things of that nature. You guys know I'm a data analyst too for you know for a sports agency, and so I like to look at the different recruits and things of that nature, but. You know, uh, when the social injustice issues are happening, players are speaking out and saying that, that they weren't going to come to school and un, until a statue was taken down or they weren't going to come to school until things uh, were in place. Whether it be academically, where we're teaching more about um, different uh, racial groups, different ethnic, you know, different groups with different ethnic backgrounds, where they'd be taking statues down, where they'd be anything. But these kids are using a voice and they should they have a platform. You know, they have a platform to use their voice, and sometimes uh, their voice being heard is the voice of the unheard, who don't have the spotlight on them. So these young, know, you know, so these young men and women are voicing their pain, and I totally understand it, and you know, as they should. Um, so a lot of people are dogging these these football players, you know, for for saying, hey, you know, basically just shut up and play football. That's what they want to do. We, you know, you know, but people don't realize that these are student athletes. Now, on the flip side. When the football, uh, football conference started to cancel the seasons, and, um, a lot of these same people that I've seen in the boards wanted these kids that they didn't want to speak up for their social injustice issues, but they wanted them to speak up and say that they want to play football. Man, come on, guys. You can't have it either way. I love football as so much as anybody else. But to come in here and say that you should want these kids to speak up and say that they need to play football – like that is for you to want them to say that, but not want them to speak up on social injustice issues, things that are going to affect them much more than football ever will. You guys know less than 1% of the kids that play division one football go to the league. So these 99% of the kids, these kids that are, that, that are speaking out and having uh, uh saying different things about the social injustice issues, they have to live with that. They have to live with, you know, uh, uh the injustices that are being done to their ethnic group, their, ethnic group, their race on a day to day basis after football, because after football, after college football, they got to go into their workforce and they are just another person. They are not such and such a football player anymore. And so you can't have it both ways, gosh. You can't want your athletes to speak up when you want them to speak up for an issue that you are very passionate about. But when they speak on an issue that they are passionate about, you want them to shut up and play football. So wrong. So wrong. So wrong. So wrong. These kids have a platform. They're speaking out. And this is what they want to do. And I applaud them for it because it takes a lot of courage to to stand up to something when when others don't believe in what you're standing up for. You know, it takes a lot of courage to be a man, be a woman, stand on your own ten toes and make sure that your voice is heard. So I applaud them. And. I heard a lot of people saying that, hey, you know, if these kids uh, uh, keep um, voicing their opinions on social injustice issues. They're just not going to watch class football. Well, don't watch. I mean, let's be honest, guys. Uh, How did that work out in the NFL with the social injustice issues and the everything that's surrounded Colin Kaepernick? NFL had some low ratings last year. Uh, Well, not last year, but the year after Colin Kaepernick. you know, protested and, and, and peacefully protested. And guess what? The owners still were billionaires. Uh, I think the year after uh, the Colin Kaepernick fiasco, um, well, not the fiasco, that's that's disrespectful to his movement, after the Colin Kaepernick incident and and his movement, his peaceful protest, uh, those owners, every owner in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken, made more money that year than they did the previous year when it wasn't a protest, you know, when you sit back and think about it, just think of last year alone. Every NFL team made a bunch of profit. I think the uh, the, the team that made the least amount of revenue last year just from operating expenses and revenue was the, the difference. The delta they made in a profit of two hundred ninety one million was the least amount made last year. The largest amount was the Dallas Cowboys, I think at three hundred and ninety-nine or two hundred and ninety-eight. So just say $400 dollars in revenue, profit, revenue. Now, that's just off the sales, the hot dog sales, all that stuff inside the stadium. We're not talking about TV contracts. We're not talking about any of that, guys. These billionaire owners are still billionaires, and they're gonna get, they're gonna continue to be billionaires whether you watch the game or not. And guess what? Those TV contracts are still gonna be up. And last time I checked. Last month, check the stadiums were completely full, and it is what it is. So we cannot watch football like all we want if, if you think that's going to make a difference. But guess what? They still got paid. The salary cap went up this year, and uh, you had, you just had a quarterback sign for an average of what fifty million dollars a year, and Patrick Mahomes, the largest contract uh, possibly in the history of the league, and you have a guy like Dak Prescott who. You know, I think he's a top 10 quarterback. Some people don't think he's a top 10 quarterback. Just basically turned down a $38 million a year contract, which would have made him the second highest paid quarterback in the league. So the money's still there. These teams are going to continue to make money. But just think about what these college kids are doing. Um, You can't have it both ways, guys. We can't have it to where we want them to speak up when we want it to be beneficial to us watching college football, which is so selfish. But when they feel like there's an issue that plagues them, not only them, but their family, not only their family, but their neighbor, not only their neighbor, but their neighborhood, not only their neighborhood, but their city, not only their city, but their state, not only their state, but America as a whole, not only America, but the world. And there's an issue that affects all that. Let them use their God given right to speak out on it. And since they do have the platform to do it. Let them do it because I guarantee you, if you had a platform to where you could change the way people thought and enlighten people on certain things, you would too. But we don't have the platform that, that they do and it is what it is. I applaud them for wanting to make change and a lot of schools have made change and it's just wonderful. I think it's great because it allows people to listen, open their ears and listen to hear how people feel, how people think. And, um, and, and it lets, it lets the person who feels like they're oppressed or the person who is oppressed, it lets them get some things off their chest in a, a nonviolent action in a way that is, um, uh, not threatening in a way that, uh, actually promotes open dialogue. So how can you be mad at that? How can you be mad at that? So I applaud these kids. I applaud them for making a difference. And some great changes has been made at some of these schools. Even my alma mater, Texas, some great changes been made to our players. Have, they weren't going to play for certain reasons. And guess what? Now they're playing because they shook hands with uh, Chris the um, head coach. And everybody's comes to an agreement that, yes, some things need to change, and they're going to make it happen. That's what it's all about. Everybody compromising. Everybody compromising because what you feel might not be offensive, I might feel as offensive. And what I feel might not be offensive, you may feel as offensive. And that's how those players feel also. So we need to listen, open ears, open dialogue, and just understand that we're all different. However, even though we are all different, we can always learn from somebody. You never stop learning in life. You always learn. You always progress and learn. Uh, the The day you stop learning something is the day you might as well just hang it up. You know? You got to be open to learning. So I learn something new every day. So on that note, guys, man, we got to get out of here, man. Great, great conversation with you guys today, man. Go hit that like, go hit that subscribe. Let me know what you feel, guys. We just cracked, I think over the past month, a thousand, a thousand streams of the podcast over this past month, man. Thank you. 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 You guys are amazing. Um, Do you, man? Don't be afraid to fail. I'll grow your environment. Understand your brilliance, man. And I'm looking for sponsors. If you want to sponsor this podcast, let me know, man. I got you. And on that note, man, I'm out. Love you guys. Do you. Salute to you guys. Bow, bow, bow.